Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Friday or weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. The Locked On Islanders podcast today is brought to you by Built Bar. I had the mint chocolate cream yesterday, and it really helped me out. I felt much better when I went for my my daily walk, and uh, maybe that's why I had a very good time and felt very strong Remember, the promo code Locked On gets you $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. All right, we've got a lot to get to on today's show. Some more possibilities as to what the NHL is thinking as far as resuming play is concerned, and it may involve starting with the playoffs and not continuing the uh, 2019-2020 season. We'll discuss how that affects the New York Islanders. We will also take a look back at a key win for the Islanders in a playoff series against the Penguins on this date in Islanders history. And we conclude our two-week look at the greatest moments in Islanders history with a look back at the 1983 Stanley Cup win which saw the Islanders beat Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and the Edmonton Oilers to win their fourth straight Stanley Cup. So that'll be a nice wrap-up of the greatest moments in Islanders history. If you've got something that's on your mind, a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send an email to the show at LockedOnIslanders.com at gmail.com. That is our email address, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air as we discuss your topic. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars NYR VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on the latest Islanders news and notes, and hopefully it'll involve when things are getting started back up again, and hopefully that'll be soon. Uh, word coming from Larry Brooks of the New York Post today that the NHL is starting to shift its plan. And again, nothing etched in stone right now, but it looks like instead of completing the regular season, the NHL is looking to ho- start a 24-team playoff tournament that would start out with a play-in round that is a best two out of three. And obviously there are a number of obstacles uh, to this plan and and really to restarting hockey in general, but the biggest one 
is testing, testing, and testing. Uh, that remains the biggest obstacle. There is a stay-at-home advisory still for NHL players, but that is expected to be updated within a week. As of now, no official timetable, but... Uh, you know, there are a lot of factors going into this decision. The reason, according to Brooks, that the league is thinking more along the lines of a playoff tournament rather than trying to complete the regular season, uh, number one, you shorten the duration of play to finish this season. And that, you know, you don't want to have a second wave of coronavirus come through Players get sick, have to shut it down again. I think that, we all agree, would be the worst-case scenario for the league. Second, it's difficult to reassemble teams like the Ottawa Senators or Detroit Red Wings and make them play, let's say, 12, 13 regular season games when they have absolutely no realistic chance of making the playoffs. To get these players back, to have them risk their health uh, and then try to play a dozen or so games really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then the other factor, uh, you don't want to have players quarantined within a hotel in a city where they're going to play all of their games like a hub city, which is what the NHL is talking about, for as long as four months if your team goes you know, through the rest of the regular season, a tra training camp, regular season, uh, and then a long playoff run, that's, you know, four months where you don't see your family, your kids, your wife, etc. And, and that just really is too long for a lot of these players under these difficult conditions. The 24-team tournament is not etched in stone. Uh, there has been talk of a 16 or 20-team play-in tournament, but... Either way, the, the reason the 24-team tournament is a good idea, it gets all the teams that are NHL 500 or better uh, into the playoff tournament. And obviously, the Islanders, who are on the bubble right now, uh, again, you know, they're a point behind Columbus, but Columbus has played two extra games. This playoff structure of including 24 teams would certainly unquestionably include the Islanders, and, uh, you know, if you take the top 20, you know, 12 teams in each conference, teams like the Rangers and the Blackhawks would get in, and that makes more sense because you have teams that, if they just took the top six teams in each division, teams with lesser records would get into the playoffs, and teams like the Ducks or the Rangers, uh, you know, I mean, the Blackhawks and the Rangers, who have better records than teams like the Ducks or the Sabres, for example, would not make the playoffs. So that's the latest active discussion and news coming out about that. Also, the majority of general managers in the NHL have said, according to Washington Capitals GM Brian McClellan, that they would prefer to not hold the entry draft before the season is completed. Again, we've talked on this show why the NHL may want to hold that entry draft in June. It would give their affiliates uh, and fans, you know, affiliates would have something to show. Fans would have something to watch and get excited about before play can resume. But 
there are also a lot of moments, you know, reasons why you don't want to do it that way. And so most GMs, they want to finish the season first. They want to keep the rhythm of their offseason as normal as possible, even if it does have to be condensed. We'll see what the league decides to do. But right now, you know, there there is no perfect solution. And hopefully, uh, you know, general managers and the, and the owners can figure out the best plan possible to keep the draft going and as fair as possible and to benefit the fans and the league as much as possible. And if you want to benefit yourself as much as possible, it's time to try Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. I've always had difficulties with protein bars. They don't taste so good. The consistency isn't good. But I'll tell you, Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. There are 16 amazing flavors. Eight of them are chocolate and have nuts. Eight of them are nut-free with chocolate, and all of the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are healthy. It's great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high fiber. Take a look at the mint brownie flavor. 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Healthy, tasty, everything you could want in a protein bar. Go to the BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We go back to May 8th, 1993. Key playoff game between the Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Game four of that series at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders won game one, three to two in Pittsburgh, but then the Penguins beat the Islanders three nothing in game two and took game three at the Nassau Coliseum three to one. So, a must-win situation for the Islanders. Do not want to go back to Pittsburgh down three games to one in this series. Tom Barrasso, the goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins, while Glenn Healy was in between the pipes for the Islanders in what really was, as I mentioned, a must-win game. No scoring in the first period and for the first half of the second but midway through the second period, just after the Penguins kill off a power play by the Islanders, the Penguins strike. Yaramir Yager, his fourth goal of the playoffs, unassisted at 13-12, and the Penguins led 1-0. But the Islanders bounce back. Kevin Stevens of Pittsburgh called for goaltender interference. Islanders go on the power play, and they take advantage. Ray Ferraro, his 11th of the playoffs from Derek King and Vladimir Malakov at 15:44, and the game is all even at one apiece. Later on in the second period, Claude Loisel of the Islanders called for high sticking at 18:33. That gives Pittsburgh a power play, but Tom Fitzgerald of the Islanders comes through with a shorthanded goal with 17 seconds 
left in the second period. His first goal of the playoffs unassisted. And the Islanders, with that devastating last-minute goal and shorthanded, no less, they end up with a 2-1 to one lead heading into the third and final period. Now, that power play carried into the third period, and Fitzgerald struck again. His second goal of the playoffs, second shorthanded goal of the game, Darius Kasparaitis with the lone assist just 25 seconds into the third period, and the Islanders had a 3-1 to one lead. But that lead did not last very long. In the span of a mere 21 seconds, the Penguins tied it. First, Troy Loney, his first of the playoffs, unassisted at 2.32, and then at 2.53, Rick Tockett scored for Pittsburgh, his fifth from Mike Ramsey and Troy Loney, and just like that, it's a 3-3 hockey game. But 38 seconds later, the Islanders strike back. Derek King, his first of the playoffs, from Dennis Vasky and Pat Flatley, 4-3 Islanders in a wildly paced period. The Islanders then had to kill a penalty. Darius Kasparitis called for roughing at 5-15, and the Penguins take advantage. Kevin Stevens, his third on the power play from Mario Lemieux and Larry Murphy at 624. And again, we are tied 4-4. Four to four. The Islanders strike back. Malakov gets his third of the playoffs from Brian Mullen at 911 to give the Islanders a 4-3 lead. Excuse me, a 5-4 lead at that point. And then Ron Francis answers less than uh, two minutes later his fifth of the playoffs from Paul Stanton and Kevin Stevens at 10.50. And again, we're tied, this time 5-5. Well, the Islanders end up with a big, big goal. Derek King gets the game winner at 12.11, his second of the game, second of the playoffs, from Ray Ferraro and Jeff Norton. And the Islanders hold on for a 6-5 win, and even the series at 2-2. Islanders really playing an outstanding game. They outshot the Pittsburgh Penguins 40-28. Tom Barrasso with 34 saves in this one for Pittsburgh in a losing cause. Meanwhile, for the Islanders, Derek King, two goals and one assist. Vladimir Malikov, a goal and an assist. Two goals for Tom Fitzgerald, both of them shorthanded. And then Ray Ferraro with uh, one goal and one assist. Those are the multiple point Islanders in this game. As far as plus minus goes, Ray Ferraro and Pat Flatley, uh, Benoit Hogue and Derek King all leading the Islanders with plus twos. And Derek King had six shots on goal to pace the Islanders followed by Vladimir Malakov with five. At the end of the day, a big win for the Islanders. Glenn Healy, 23 saves to earn the victory. And the Islanders beat the Pittsburgh Penguins at the Nassau Coliseum on this date in Islanders history. Islanders six, Penguins five, series tie 2-2 on this date in Islanders history, May the 8th, 1993. 
right, time for our last installment of the greatest moments in Islanders franchise history. And we've tried to keep it diverse here, go to different eras in Islanders history. And, and you know, we didn't want to just do the four Stanley Cup championships and, and, and a few other great, you know, moments from the dynasty era. I mean, look, I could have easily... Uh, done 10 different games or moments from the four Stanley Cup seasons that, you know, could have made this entire thing about that. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make sure we had some diversity. But to close it out, we're going to go back to the 1983 Stanley Cup final. Two great dynasty teams meeting head-to-head. And on May 17th, of 1983, the Islanders meeting the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Islanders already up 3-0 in this series. They won the opener 2-0 in Edmonton. One game 2-6-3 in Edmonton. Game 3 back at the Nassau Coliseum. A decisive 5-1 win for the Islanders, and they were just one game away from that fourth Stanley Cup I don't have to tell you about the Edmonton Oilers of the 80s and uh, into the, you know, dynasty years that they had. Paul Coffey, Glenn Anderson, Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry, Mark Messier, uh, Kevin Lowe. Some great, great players in on this team. And, you know, so many Hall of Famers. And yet, in spite of that, the Islanders this year clearly were the better team. Andy Moog was the goalie in this game for the Oilers going up against Batland Billy Smith of the Islanders. And right off the bat, some rough stuff as Brent Sutter and Paul Coffey called for double roughing minors at the 216 mark. Islanders get a power play chance midway through the period. Dave Lumley of Edmonton called for interference at 9.54, and the Islanders cash in. Brian Trottier, his eighth, from Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy at 11.02, and it's one to nothing Islanders. 43 seconds later, the Islanders strike again. John Tonelli, his seventh, from Bobby Nystrom at 11.45, two to nothing. Islanders, and just, you know, 54 seconds later, Mike Bossy, his 17th from Brian Trottier at 12.39, two goals in a minute, uh, three goals rather, in a minute and 37 seconds, and just like that, the Islanders in the driver's seat and leading three to nothing. In the second period, the Oilers do mount a comeback. 35 seconds into the second stanza, Gretzky finds Yari Curry, who puts the puck behind Billy Smith. Curry's eighth at 35 seconds. It's 3-1. to one. And then in the closing seconds of the second period, at 19.39 to be exact, Mark Messier, his 15th from Lee Fogelin and Paul Coffey. And it's a 3-2 to two hockey game as the teams head into the locker room to begin that third period. The Oilers tried very hard to get a chance to tie this hockey game. They had a couple of power play chances. 
One only lasted 10 seconds before Glenn Anderson also went off and nullified it. Brian Trottier took an interference penalty at 10.18 of the third period. And, you know, when you have Gretzky and Curry and Anderson and Coffey and Messier, you don't want to give those guys a power play. But the Islanders did kill it off. And finally, the cup clincher, Ken Morrow, empty net goal at 18.51, his fifth of the playoffs. Bossy got the cup winning goal, but Morrow gets the empty netter to clinch it. Islanders beat the Oilers by a score of 4-2. Mike Bossy with a goal and an assist. Brian Trottier with a goal and an assist. As far as plus-minus, both Bobby Nystrom and John Tonelli were a plus-two. And shots on goal, Bossy, Brent Sutter, and John Tonelli each had four to pace the Islanders. Billy Smith with 24 saves. But here's the story that is always told about this playoff series. And it is a memorable story. The Islanders, of course, sweep. But Wayne Gretzky remembered the series very well. Here's what Gretzky had to say uh, about it. Only a few short years earlier, we were watching Trottier, Bossy, Billy Smith, and Dennis Potvin, and the other great players the Islanders had on TV. Then a few years later, we were playing against them in the finals. We were on a pretty good roll coming into the 1983 finals, and we were thinking we were invincible. But, again, you know, the uh, Islanders win this one in four straight. And here's what Gretzky said. We walked by their locker room in the corridor and saw that that after they won, they were too beat up to really enjoy it and savor the victory at that moment. We were able to walk out of there pretty much scot-free. We had so much respect for the Islanders players and the Islanders teams that we learned immediately you have to take it to another level in order to win a Stanley Cup, and that's what we did. We learned from it and often credit the Islanders players and the Islanders teams for teaching us exactly what it's all about and how hard it is to win. And, you know, the Oilers won four Stanley Cups in the next five years after uh, this loss to the Islanders in the 83 Stanley Cup Finals. Won another one uh, in 1990 without Gretzky. Uh, But... uh, Bottom line is that the Oilers, had they not seen what the Islanders looked like after winning that fourth Stanley Cup, how they were so exhausted and so spent from giving everything they had to win that it made an impression on Gretzky and a very young Oilers team and basically taught them what it took to win a Stanley Cup. For the Islanders, Four straight cups that has not been duplicated since. And because they reached the finals again in 1984, of course, 19 straight playoff series victories. A lot of close calls along the way. But I'll tell you, 19 straight Stanley Cup wins out of all the milestones and great moments that the Islanders had as a franchise during the dynasty years. I don't think 
that that record of 19 straight uh, playoff series wins will be matched in any sport anytime soon because of free agency and salary caps and player movement being the way it is and the way players are paid now. Teams don't have the continuity to dominate. They also can't put as much depth on their rosters as they used to be able to do before salary caps came into being. So the odds of anyone winning four straight championships, whether it be in hockey or any other league for that matter, are very, very slim. And it was hard enough to do it back in the 80s. But now I would say it is nearly impossible And the Islanders' record of 19 straight playoff series wins is unlikely to ever be matched, let alone beaten, uh, unless some major rules changes take place in the world of sports. And as for four straight Stanley Cups, you know, you hear so often about the core of the four and those great players who were part of all four championship teams for the New York Islanders, but, uh, you know, great memories, great times, and the Islanders wrote themselves into the record books as one of the great franchises in sports history. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL, I want to wish everybody a great weekend. Stay safe. Plenty of Islanders games to watch on MSG Plus or on YouTube. Uh, We will keep you up to date via Twitter on all the latest Islanders news. And if anything happens, certainly we will be there. Stay safe, everybody. Keep that social distancing going to all of the medical workers and people on the front lines during this difficult pandemic. Thank you so much for what you do and and the fact that you help keep all of us going. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast. And of course, let's go Islanders.